It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Welcome to another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman. Uh, we have finally starting to come to the end of this offseason that seemed like it was at a snail's pace and then it kind of picked up heavily here in the last month or so. And uh, John and I will get into our winners, uh, our honorable mentions, and a few of our losers. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Tony Gwynn Jr. He's at John Heyman. And now uh, this show is also on Twitter. You can follow us at RDC underscore Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. John, it's been a long time, man. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing well. I mean, it hasn't been that long. It's been a couple weeks. It feels like it's been <laughs> a, a, quite a bit of time. Too long. Uh, too long. It, Let's get into uh, let's get into some of our winners uh, for the offseason. It, uh, it 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 seems like it's kind of come into focus here over the last um, I'd say month in terms of maybe the bottom five, but I, I think the top three were it was it was pretty well known early on uh, at, at the beginning of this year at least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some teams just killed it this winter. Uh, did a fantastic job. Your team, I know, will be mentioned, but uh, I've got five winners here. I think all of them did a great job. All right, well, let's start at number five. I, I, I'll go first. Uh, I put the White Sox here. Um, they made some, some, I think, they didn't make a boatload of moves, but the moves they made were impact moves. I think acquiring Lance Lynn uh, from the Rangers, Signing Adam Eaton, who was already a White Sox before, uh, and then re kind of shoring up the back end of that bullpen with Liam Hendricks, I think puts them right there fighting with the Twins at the uh, at the top of this uh, AL Central. Uh, this this team, I thought, made the right moves. Uh, not necessarily uh, the the biggest splashes, but they made the right moves for this team. I think this one will will, will move them up top that uh, American League Central once again. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. In fact, I had the White Sox even a little bit higher than you. So my number five team is the Mets. Um, just getting Lindor, that was huge. I mean, to get a superstar shortstop, I know Mets fans are thinking about the fact they didn't get Springer, they didn't get Bauer, and Real Muto. They actually tried pretty hard for Real Muto. We forget that they didn't get those three players. So I guess they might think of what might have been, but 
you got Lindor, you got McCann, the catcher, major upgrade there. You got Trevor May into the bullpen. Carrasco, that's a big plus. People forget Carrasco, really good starting pitcher. They're going to add Pilar here, VR, uh, yeah, as yeah. a uh, versatile utility guy. And, of course, they brought Stroman back. So, I mean, I think, you know, once you have Lindor, you got to be in the top five somewhere. And they made a lot of moves, and I think they're still working. So uh, the Mets do make my top five, even if uh, some of their fans might think about how great they might have been if they'd gotten Springer and Bauer, but still pretty darn good. Yeah, no, I, I think – because of that reason, I had them just a little bit higher. I think we had ours flip flop. You had the White yes. Sox at five, or excuse me, at four, and and the Mets at five. Uh, for me, I put the Mets at four because when you go back to the beginning of this off this off season, there was a lot of uh, of unanswered questions. But I think what really got their off season rolling, uh, I don't know if it really did, but it, it got their off season rolling in the right direction. Marcus Stroman accepts his qualifying offer. He that's a, a a good starting pitcher you get to add to your rotation. And then Trevor May. I think that's kind of the under the radar signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, next to Liam Hendricks, you could argue that he was the second best bullpen arm available uh, during this time. And the Mets are able to bring him. They're not able to get JT Riomuto, but they are able to get James McCann, who is a good fit, probably a little bit cheaper fit. Um, which allowed them to make some of the other moves. And then you obviously you end the offseason bringing in Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco to uh, add more depth to that starting rotation. Uh, I think the Mets, uh, you know, aside from some of the things that went on off the field in terms of, of this organization, yeah. uh, the, the, the personnel moves they made from a roster standpoint – I, I think we're spot on. I think we're yeah, spot on. Who, yeah. who'd, you, who'd you have at number three there? Yeah, we, we uh, agree. The Mets have improved. Uh, you know, I actually, at number four, I had the uh, I had the Dodgers at number four. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I had four for the Dodgers. You know, uh, obviously you had Trevor Bauer, who was by far and away the top pitcher on the market, won the Cy Young. Um, you know, I, I got to think that they're going to be better. Uh, obviously, he's a quirky personality. We've talked about this before, and they're adding him to a team that's already a World Series team with a great clubhouse. So they're taking a little bit of a chance. I mean, I don't think it's a huge chance. Um, you know, I don't think he's a terrible guy or anything like that. He's just a different personality, different cat. Um, but, you know, you have right. him. You get that rotation. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. So to me, they're the World Series favorite, um, even though they were probably one-upped by a team close by them geographically. Uh, you know, they brought Turner back, which they had to do. and. Some might say they overpaid, but um, they had to do what they had to do. And Milwaukee obviously tried very hard for Turner, offering him a three-year deal and also that two for 34, which the Dodgers ultimately paid. And I think they shored up the bullpen a little bit, uh, brought Trinan back. They're adding Canely. Uh, they're adding Knable, who's coming off the Tommy John. Um, I think the bullpen's a, still a little bit of a question, just based on some health there. But uh, I think uh, they're still the World Series favorite, so they're, they're my number four team. Yeah. So to recap, you had the Mets at five, yes. the Dodgers at four, right? And you have the White Sox at three. Yes, okay. I do, and okay. I agree okay. with okay. you. That makes sense. I thought I, I thought they made impact I, moves. You know, I, I like Lynn uh, very much for the rotation, and uh, Hendricks was the top reliever. I don't think there's any question about that. In fact, he's probably the best reliever in baseball over the last couple of years. And uh, they brought Rodon back and Eaton. Um, you know, not a ton of moves. Uh, but the right moves. Right. I think they did a good job. 
Right. No, I hundred I, percent I agree. So to, to to clarify, I had the White Sox at five, the Mets at four, and at three, I had the Dodgers. Um, okay. You mentioned you, you, you mentioned Canable uh, uh, being able to come back for the or being able to sign uh, with the Dodgers, kind of helping that bullpen uh, bridge the gap. I don't know. Uh, they bring up. They did bring back Trinan. He could be a closer. He has had issues there as the past. They still have the question mark. Uh, at the back end a little bit with Kenley Jansen trying to figure out what happens to him. But I do think the Trevor Bauer trade, or excuse me, uh, signing uh, pushed them to the third spot for me. When you couple that with the fact that they get back a David Price who uh, opted out of the 2020 season, um, that makes this that starting rotation really, really good. That They have just as much depth as anybody at that starting rotation, when you when you think of the fact that Trevor May and Gonsolin both uh, are 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 at least from the from the start of spring training look like they're going to be on the outside looking in in terms of that rotation. Yep. Uh, so the Dodgers, uh, and then of course you bring back Justin Turner uh, at at a pretty big price. I mean, two years uh, about what thirty four million something right. along those lines. Yep. It's it's that is quite a bit of money. But again, if there's an organization that can afford to do it. Uh, it is a short-term deal, uh, and listen, if, if Justin is productive as he's been over the past, you know, five, six years, he's been a Dodger, seven years he's been a Dodger, uh, they, that deal is going to work out just fine for him. I, I had them at, at three. Uh, okay. Moving forward, all right, who, who'd you have at two, John? I think we may have the top two teams uh, identical. We we think alike, Tony. I, I kind of feel that way. We really <laughs> we do. do. I, 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 it's amazing. Uh, maybe it's from doing this show. Um, I've got the Jays at uh, at number yeah. two. I mean, you, yeah. he's, you signed George Springer. I mean, that's the biggest deal going, and deservedly so. Fantastic player. Great for the clubhouse. Clutch. Um, exactly what they needed. Um, they added Semyon um, so that Bouchette uh, – I'm not sure how they're going to work that out between short and third, but one's going to play short, one's going to play third. We'll see. I guess Bichette could move to third probably and Semyon at short, I would guess. Um, and they added a bunch of pitchers, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, Robbie yeah. Ray, Chadwood, Yates, Matz, Phelps. Um, you know, Robbie Ray, very talented. Um, he obviously didn't have a good year last year. Uh, Yates uh, coming off and off year also, and so is Matz. But all of them have bounce back potential. All of them have talent. And uh, I like what the Jays did. Obviously, uh, their lineup was already very good, and you add Springer to it. Um, it's one of the deeper lineups in baseball. And, um, you know, I would say they're a threat to the Yankees. They made a playoffs last year, and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch them, though, to see where they start in Dunedin and then go to Buffalo or what they're going to where they're going to play exactly. But that, that seems to be the plan, start in Dunedin and then potentially go to Buffalo for the summer. Yeah, I mean, no argument here. I also had the Blue Jays at two. You look at the the bounce back ability has to to be in play here uh, for the Blue Jays because they did take a flyer on some guys. Kirby Yates was hurt all last year, so it wasn't necessarily that wasn't necessarily that he struggled, uh, but he just wasn't healthy. So you're taking a flyer there. You mentioned Robbie Ray; he had a rough year of it last year. You know the talent he has. Uh, on the mound so they're hoping they can get a bounce back here and then you mentioned Steven Matz he's kind of in the same boat as 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 Robbie Ray but you you got depth there you all you mentioned Tyler Chatwood I think that's a depth move uh obviously the big move was George Springer and uh what he brings to that clubhouse 
I think this team might have a, a little bit of leg up on the Yankees. I think they could win that that really? National League East. It's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how oh. these because I I really believe that the the young guys you know uh, on that squad they get a year or more season and they're going to be even more confident than they were going into last year. This could be a dangerous bunch. Uh, it, it's 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 a dark horse for me, but I like I like yeah, this Blue Jays like team. It. I like it. Yeah, they've uh, certainly had a no, great winter. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are amongst the, the 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 winners. Obviously, we both have them at number two. Number one, I don't think this one was even close. I think it's the San Diego Padres uh, watching the way. And, it's you know, going through this list, John, it was interesting to see the many different ways the teams went about their offseason. You know, uh, pretty the Blue Jays pretty much were all uh, mostly free agent signings that they brought in. Uh, whereas the Padres are the exact opposite. They they did they did most of their deal making via trade. They bring in Snell from the Rays. They bring in you Darvish from uh, from the Rangers. Uh, excuse me, from the Cubs and, and Caratini from the Cubs. Uh, you, you sign Hey Sun Kim. Uh, you acquire Joe Musgrove. I mean, they attacked the the things that I think were were spots they felt like you know they needed to improve at. That was the starting yep. rotation, and they needed another bat uh, that could add depth to not just their lineup, but to their offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think AJ Preller did it, and not only did he do it, he kept most of the he kept the top five prospects in tow, uh, dis- despite all the trades. Yeah, I mean Preller and company have done just a great job building up that prospect system. I mean they had so many good prospects, and they they kept Gore and uh, Abrams and so many of the really top guys. Um, obviously, Patino went to uh, uh, the Rays uh, in the Snell deal, but you're right. They kept the top five guys, I would say. Um, you know, they, they did a great job with that, and that, that's what enabled them to uh, make all these great trades. And uh, obviously, the Clevenger injury uh, was a big setback, and they needed to do something in terms of the rotation, and boy, did they do something. Uh, to add you Darvish, uh, finished second in Cy Young, uh, to add Snell, uh, one of the top left-handers in the game, Musgrove, a highly coveted uh, pitcher in trade that uh, the Pirates was their best trade chip. Uh, Kim, very versatile guy. He can hit. Uh, Profar, similar. Uh, had a good year last year. Um, some might say that might be an overpay. That was uh, quite expensive. I don't know where San Diego gets all this money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good for the Padres. They're, they're willing to spend <laughs> to win. Uh, I like Caratini, too, as a backup catcher or part halftime catcher, perhaps. Um, Melanson, it wasn't official yet, but uh, that will help the bullpen. Uh, Kilo, very talented. He's a bit of a quirky personality. We'll see how he fits in. Obviously, Preller knew about him or knew him uh, from Texas, so uh, he has faith that uh, he'll be okay there. But uh, uh, it's clearly in that rotation where they improved to get, a, to get Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove uh, to add to a rotation that really was not terrible. I mean, obviously, the loss of Clevenger hurts. But you've still got Lamette in there. You've still got Paddock. Uh, I think Gore will see him this year. Um, you know they they have some pretty good they have some pretty good starters, and now they have they have a great rotation. I'd still give the Dodgers a bit of an edge, maybe in the rotation. But uh, you know, I mean, that's not really a fault of the Padres. Uh, what a winter! Uh, it's one of the best ones I think we've seen, and not only this year, but in, in the last de- couple of decades. Uh, fantastic job by AJ Preller and company. Yeah, a couple of things. You know, it's funny. A lot of people are, are asking where are the Padres getting this money from. I think out here we've decided 
we're not going to ask that question anymore. <laughs> we're just going to enjoy the fact that it has, it has come some, yep. from someplace and is working for us out here. And the other thing is in terms of who's going to have the better rotation, I think you're right. Right now, you have to say the Dodgers have the edge, but uh, it could totally hinge on what type of Chris Paddock the Padres get uh, to, that could possibly round out the back end of that rotation. Uh, it's a possibility that we, we will see Gore at some point this year, but uh, we'll have to see. Uh, how that rolls now you know as i went through this john it was apparent that uh although these were the five that you and i both agree on there were actually a lot of teams that in terms of getting better from from last year going into this 2021 season um there there was there were a lot of teams that fit that mold you could come up anywhere between 10 and 15 of those teams Absolutely. Uh, I, I guess outside that five, we'll call it the honorable mention. Uh, who was one of the teams that you had that you thought had a good offseason, but finished outside the top five? Yeah, I mean, you got to say the Cardinals. They, they came close to my top five to get Arenado, one of the top five players in the game. You know, I, I gave the Mets to the edge with Lindor, but Arenado's a very comparable player. They brought back Yachty, uh, which they had to do, future Hall of Famer. They brought back uh, Wainwright um, for their rotation, but I mean, to pull together that Arenado trade and to make that commitment and to get Colorado to pay a good portion of that, um, i got to say the Cardinals, they're probably sixth for me. But I'm with you. I've got about 10 others that I think did a pretty good job. But uh, Cardinals get a gold star in my number 16. Yeah, I, I, listen, I would I would uh, totally agree with you there. Uh, anytime you bring in the type of caliber player that – uh, Arenado is it's tough to it's tough to even really argue that there's something out there that could uh, that could change that in terms of them not being right there at number six um, especially when you consider the division that they're in it seems like the National League Central really didn't get stronger it got weaker as a whole and yep. uh, the Brewers made some nice moves here as of late to kind of maybe close the gap a little bit but I don't think there's any question that the Cardinals are that next team um, in terms of being an honorable mention. I I also, uh, I probably, when it was a fight between really the Cardinals and the Twins for me, uh, they're another one of those teams that didn't make huge moves, but they made moves that I thought uh, could be impactful uh, on that team. You bring in an Andrelton Simmons, he immediately makes the middle of your, your defense uh, that much better. And for a team last year that we thought was going to be all offense, it turned out that their pitching was really good. And if they can uh, somehow make it better by getting uh, better defensively, uh, I, I like the moves. Although there were a few, I like the moves the Twins made as well. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Uh, we've, we've done the show a while now, and I guess we agree on everything. <laughs> uh, Nelson Cruz one of the best hitters in the game. Right, and Andrew right. Simmons, one of the best fielders in the game. So you bring those two guys in, that's going to help. They added Shoemaker for the back end of that uh, rotation. Uh, you're right, the rotation surprised last year. I don't think anybody expected it to be as good as it is. It doesn't look like it's uh, a star pack, but, I mean, Maeda was an ace last year, a deserving ace and yeah, uh, yeah. all-star. He was very good, and um, it's solid considering that the hitting is uh, very good for the Twins. And yeah, I'd say they're the co-favorite with the White Sox right now in that central. Who, who, who else were some of your uh, honorable well, mentions? Yeah, I got a whole list of them here, uh, Tony. Uh, you know, I think the Royals, uh, they certainly improved. I like the fact they're a small market team and they're trying hard. Uh, Carlos Santana gives them some offense. You got Penn and Tendi, uh, gives them that left-handed bat that they've been looking for. Uh, Michael Taylor, a little defense in that big outfield. 
Uh, Mike Miner, very talented guy, brought back Greg Holland. Um, you know, I just feel like they did a lot of things, and they're trying to they're trying to contend. You know, uh, they don't tank. You know, yeah. small market. They don't look like they're going to win that division. But uh, I like the their effort. I give them credit. I think John Sherman uh, is a very good owner, and uh, you know, he kept all the scouts. He did all the right things, and uh, you know, I kind of like what Kansas City did. Yeah, Kansas City is certainly uh, one of those teams that I don't think people expect to hear their name often, but uh, they they did do uh, a a fantastic job of of getting better. And when you're building up from scratch like they are, uh, you really those are the type of off season that can become very impactful in your in your stride to to be a team that's contending for at least a playoff spot. All right, now I think none of us really like to do this, but. There's usually where there's winners, there's usually are losers. And uh, these ones are apparent. And, and the, the tough part for me, John, is when I look at Major League Baseball as a whole, um, there were a lot of teams that got better, uh, as, as mentioned through our list. But that doesn't mean every team is trying to win. And it just seems like uh, Major League Baseball as a whole is top heavy uh, in terms of the talent pool. Now, with that being said, there are some teams that are, are blatantly, um, let's say, rebuilding. is It's a very nice way uh, nice. to, to, <laughs> to put it. Some of them are yeah. rebuilding. It's fair. Some of them are. Others are more than rebuilding, but yes. Right. <laughs> right. More than rebuilding. I guess we have to start with a team that, you know, a lot of people feel like should never be on this list, but the Red Sox. Uh, they have continue to to gut themselves they've made a couple moves as of late that are kind of confusing for a team that uh seemingly is is stripping everything down but um it's almost moves to save face this team is completely a shell of itself maybe from two two three years ago in my opinion absolutely and that great outfield that great young outfield they had they're almost all gone now we'll see if jackie bradley jr goes back to the red sox we don't know at this point he's the top unsigned uh, free agent. But Benintendi has been traded. Obviously, last year, the big move was trading bets to the Dodgers, and uh, that did great things for the Dodgers, uh, not for the Red Sox. And uh, they're going to take hits on that one for years to come. And uh, at the time, I I didn't kill them as others did, but uh, it does not look good when the other team wins the World Series and the Red Sox take a step back. And they're not taking a quick step forward either. Um, You know, they, they did try to do a couple things. Garrett Richards for $10 million, that seems like a lot of money. for. I mean, Garrett Richards, talented guy, but uh, he certainly had injury questions. Um, we'll see. That seems like a flyer to me. Um, Renfro, uh, solid player, but getting out of star. He's not replacing uh, Mookie Betts, certainly. And you've got uh, – they got versatile guys. They love the versatility. Chaim Bloom is in there, and uh, maybe that will help them. Nike Hernandez and Marwin Gonzalez, two very versatile guys play all over the field, but looks like they have holes all over the field. So it's good they got versatile guys because uh, they got those holes to fill. Um, you know, this is another year. They're just not going to contend, and it's hard to see them contending a year from now either. But we'll see We'll see what they can do. Um, obviously, if you get sale back here at some point. That will help. Um, you know, their pitching should be better uh, with some injury guys coming back. But uh, – uh, it looks like a long year for the Red Sox. So I'm with you. I had them as my number three loser. Not, not They're not one or two, but they're not at the bottom of this loser list either. Give me give me another one off your list. 
Yeah, I, you know, I put the Cubs on here at number five. Now they're, they're hustling a bit here at the end. They seem yeah. to have come up with some money late and signed to Jack Peterson and Arietta, who's a big hero for them in 2016 and 15. Um, so, I mean, they've done some nice things lately, but that you Darvish trade, I mean, uh, you know, they can say all they want about how they weren't uh, trying to save money, but you trade the guy who finished second in the Cy Young Award, uh, you're going to take a big step back. Now, I, I like Zach Davies. I think he's a solid pitcher, but Darvish is one of the best pitchers in the game. You know, you're the Cubs. You've remade the place. The money potential is there. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I had to put them on the list for that reason. I think they're a smart group. I think they'll do some good stuff. They may get, we may see them contend sooner than we thought, but, uh, you know, they, they traded you Darvish for some guys who are really future guys with San Diego. I mean, they're, they're talented, sure, but are they going to yeah. make it? We have no idea at this point. No clue. No clue at all. And that's, I think that's why uh, resoundly everybody thought that the Padres got to better into that deal is just because there is, there is so many unknowns with the young prospects that they did have. I, I, I do find it guys. funny, John. That, you know, yeah, exactly. 20 prospects that we know, and we never heard of them. That, does that mean they're not going to be good? No, they, they may be good, but um, it's hard to judge that now. I would say. I, I find it funny when, you, you mentioned the Cubs hustling as of late. Red Sox have kind of done the same thing. And the markets in which it may be, um, it may not be as well taken in a rebuild. You see those type of moves. And the markets where I think it's almost expected that it's going to be a rebuild, they have no shame in, in throwing out whatever roster it is that helps to helps teams save a little bit money. But in, 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 in places like a, a Boston where – you know the fanfare is heavy. A place like Chicago, it's almost like a, a saving face move sometimes for for those organizations because they know the fan base is not happy at all. Um, I, I'll give you one off of my list that um, they tend to come and go on this list, and that's the Oakland A's. Uh, they are in one of their kind of downturns right now in terms of uh, what every three years they pop up, they're on the scene for three, and then they disappear for a little bit, and they seem to be on the on the side of 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 being um, towards the bottom uh, here again lately. You know, you lose Simeon, you lose uh, Hendricks, uh, you you make a a trade that brings in Elvis Andrews. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I, this is kind of what we've come to expect from Oakland. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've done a great job there overall. Billy Bean and company. Uh, they won 90 plus games, I would say, in a majority of years. So you got you got to give them credit overall. But uh, this winter, and we, and we knew this going in. I got the hint early on. They were not going to keep Semyon. He was going to be too pricey. He got 18 million. Uh, Hendricks. He got 18 million a year too on a three-year deal. He really, uh, really had great timing for free agency. This is a player who had been released at one point, uh, but I mean, he was a fantastic reliever for them. Uh, so, but to lose a star shortstop and to lose a reliever uh, like that, um, you know, they're going to be hard pressed uh, to come up with those 90, one of those 90 win seasons this year. Uh, we shall see. Uh, they've pulled some rabbits out of some hats before. Uh, they've really surprised us. Uh, it's a little bit like Tampa on the West Coast. They've done a fantastic job overall. But I mean, you look at this winter and you look what they've done. Um, you know, they got to be on your list of the bottom five and they are on my list. So it seems that three of our five are the same in the Red Sox, Oakland, and Cubs. 
Uh, give me one that might be a little different on your list. <laughs> yes, I got the Mariners. Now, I'm known as a Mariner detractor, so I don't want to disappoint anybody. I got to put them on the list. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they, they did some stuff. I mean, they brought James Paxton back. They like to bring their old guys back. Um, you know, he's a talented guy. Obviously, he was hurt last year, uh, basically didn't pitch. Um, you know, you never know. Uh, they've got some prospects. Uh, but, you know, we say that every year about the Mariners. Uh, you know, we hear about the three-year plan, right. the five-year. They're in a 23-year plan at this point. Uh, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs <laughs> for more than two decades. And, you know, everybody seems to go along with it. I think Seattle, everybody's very happy there. They're, they're drinking coffee. They're doing whatever exactly, else they're doing. Yeah. And there's no complaints. I'm looking on the Twitter, and everybody's happy with their prospects. they got a great outfield of the future. Uh, but what about the present? The present is never good for Seattle. I'm sorry. I know the fans are already on me, and I, I actually uh, criticized their signing of Evan White when they signed him because he signed at a double A, and they gave him $24 million. And uh, it's funny, his agent uh, got to me this uh, in the recent weeks and sent me a T-shirt, and Evan White is a very nice young man. I, I got to meet him, and uh, I'm supporting his charity, which is fantastic. Uh, so, I mean, that's a great thing. And I'm glad that we I made friends through my criticism of the Mariners. And it was nothing personal on Evan White. I just didn't see why you'd give $24 Personally, million right. to a double-A player. Uh, he certainly was coming up to the majors. And he's their starting first baseman. And he's a terrific defender. And he probably will be a pretty good major leaguer at some point. But uh, I didn't get it. I, I just don't get what they do, frankly. I don't get any of it, basically. Um, I don't understand the strategy. And... Uh, you know, maybe in another 23 years, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, kudos to Evan White for being able to take advantage of of whatever's going on there in Seattle. And he's going to get an opportunity to play, and he have a chance to make a whole yeah. lot more money should he play well. Uh, one of the guys – that obviously uh, – I put the way I looked at the Mariners and, and, and really Baltimore – as I think everybody expects that they are at the bottom, just based on what they've shown us over the last okay, few years. So I kept them on my off of my list for that reason. Baltimore is a you know uh, they're a low revenue team. Uh, Baltimore they have tradition, obviously, but uh, you know Seattle is a top ten revenue team or has been in the past. Uh, it's a little much to be going on, to, you know, in your third decade of, of not making the playoffs. Anyway, the, I think I bashed them enough. Go ahead, Tony. Do give me your picks. Uh, yeah, you're right. I won't put the Orioles in that category, but I think going into this list, I was thinking, you know, people are expecting that at least the Orioles and Mariners would be on this list, so I kept them off for that okay. that reason. And uh, I put the Rockies. Uh, they seem to be stuck in this weird place where. Uh, the the guys that they had coming, the young guys that they have coming, um, haven't got to the potential that they thought they would have. Uh, other than Trevor Story, who uh, who knows what's going to happen with his uh, career in terms of being a Rocky long term, um, they have really, I don't want to say Mr. Mark, just haven't got what they thought they were going to get from some of the guys. And then you couple that with losing Arenado uh, over the offseason, uh, this team is it, it, two years ago was a, a wild card team, back to back seasons, and to see how far they've fallen um, just is 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 kind of mind blowing to me. Uh, this team is, yeah. I th- think, going to be at the bottom, and uh, I know will be at the bottom in the of the National League West, and possibly in, in of the bottom of the entire major of Major League Baseball. So 
Um, yeah. I had them at, at, on my list as well. I just I don't see. Yes. I don't see the direction this organization is going. And then on top of that, you get an owner that comes out and uh, basically crushes any likelihood of of uh, the roster getting better, basically saying we're a mid-market team. This is what you can expect. And I, although that may be true, I don't know that it's the best thing to go out and say that publicly to your fan base. Yeah, I mean, San Diego's a mid-market team. I mean, look what they did. I mean, I, I right. guess it's unfair to compare to the Padres, which is number one on both our lists. But I, it's an oversight on my part. Yeah, I should have included the Rockies this year. Um, you know, I, to trade Arenado, who's one of the best players in the game, and to foot the bill. I mean, they, they contributed uh, yeah, up to $50 yeah. million dollars of that contract, you know, just a couple of years after signing him to this long deal. And, uh, you know, obviously they got to think about how do we get along better with our great players? They, they had an issue with... Uh, Tulowitzki and had, had to deal him. Tulowitzki, yeah. Now they have the issue with Arenado, and they've had to trade him. Um, you know, we don't know that they got any blue chippers back. They certainly got several guys back. Maybe some of them will turn out. You know, Arenado did have an, an out after this year, so um, I get it. I understand why they traded him, but it just doesn't look good uh, when the guy has an out. In one year, he might, he might, if they kept him, he might play for a year and he doesn't like it, right? He might opt out. That would only be thirty million. Instead, they paid fifty right. million to trade him away. Uh, you know, I guess they figured that the contract was so much money that he wouldn't opt out. Any, I don't, I don't know, but uh, it just didn't look good. Um, it's an unfortunate episode, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll learn from it and try to get along with their superstars better. And that's obviously the guy that you mentioned, Trevor Story, who is a superstar, and he's got a year to go, and uh, there's a lot of pressure to lock him up. He's in a pretty good bargaining position right now. If he wants to stay, and I haven't heard. That he has any issue with the front office, I don't know. He may, but uh, I haven't heard that. And I ho- hopefully they'll make nice with him because we wouldn't want this to happen for a third time. It's kind of a two-way street, right? Uh, when a franchise commits to you, you're committing to the franchise, uh, but there has to be honesty up front. I don't know. We don't know what was said to Nolan Arenado in terms of what they could do after the contract or not. It sounds like he thought that they could still make some moves to get better, um, yep. and and maybe. It didn't happen to his liking, but there is a commitment there. And uh, on the flip side, that you're absolutely right. This is now the second star they've had that um, eventually the relationship was frayed to the point where they had to move. But if you're the Rockies and you brought up a, a terrific point, why not wait to see if he opts out? Because you can still trade him even after even decide, after he decides to opt in. And if you were going to pay as much money as they end up paying, you could, you always have the opportunity to do that down the line at least you give yourself and put the onus on the player at that point to make a decision that if he really wants to contend and it doesn't look like it's happening there, he may have to leave that money on the table. If he doesn't, that's the decision he made. And if you still want to trade him, you can. I just thought moving him this early didn't make a, a whole a whole lot of sense. But uh, we'll see how, how things shape up for the Rockies moving forward. All right, John, we've gone over our winners, our honorable mentions, and our losers I got to tell you, I'm quite surprised that the free agent list has pared down uh, to where it is. There's only really uh, maybe four or five big ones. We're going to go over four uh, of the remaining free agents that are that are out there. Yeah, I mean, they're really exactly right. There's only, I mean, we're being kind to say there are four. There's really only two or three uh, that are left that are really in the prime of their career. And uh it's an amazing thing uh, to have seen 
uh, it was 80% of the guys were still free agents as of three weeks ago. And, uh, and now we're down to two or three. I mean, there are probably 50 free agents left and some of them are pretty good players, but they're not the marquee names. And, uh, they all signed, uh, quickly, uh, Ozuna and, uh, Real Mudo. They, we all got signed. They, they, they all came into this year. Nobody really signed in the November period or December. Uh, but they all got, almost all of them got done in a hurry. So let's go over them one by one. The, f- the guys that remain, though, go ahead. Uh, okay, let's start with uh, Jackie Bradley. What, 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 what's yeah. his, what's the take on him? Yeah, top guy left, I would say at this point, uh, 30-year-old center fielder who uh, by some standards uh, was the top outmaker in terms of defense in center field last year. And, um, you know, at this point with the Mets signing Pilar on top of Almora, uh, we got to think that the Mets are not too likely to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. They had been seen as the more likely team probably uh, to sign him if he was going to leave. But at this point, uh, you know, you've, you've got to think uh, that the Red Sox need outfielders. Um, they like Jackie Bradley Jr. Obviously, they haven't come together on a price as of uh, right now. But you got to think that the Red Sox are a contender for, for Jackie Bradley Jr. to return. And, uh, you know, I think the, the Astros are a team right now. You have Miles Straw, the speedy guy, potential. But, uh, you know, obviously they lost Springer. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been linked to the Astros. It would certainly make sense for him to go to Houston. That's another possibility. Uh, two other teams I'll throw out there. Now, the Giants have said that they think they're basically done. Um, you know, they, they've, they've looked around. They've sniffed around a bit on Jackie Bradley. So we'll see if that's possible. And I'm going to say the Brewers. I mean, this is speculation on my part. They, they tried for Turner, but, um, you know, they could move Kane to a corner outfield. Um, and uh, Jackie Bradley would be somebody who would help the Brewers out. I, they did some nice things here toward the end, and they've still got a solid team. Obviously, you've got Woodruff and Burns at the top of their rotation. You've got Hayter. You've got Yelich. Um, they're not one of our winners. You can put them on the winner category, but they're still a solid team, and they still have room to, for improvement, too. So, um, I would note those four teams. If he goes anywhere else, I'll be surprised. How about uh, reliever Trevor Rosenthal? I know uh, a lot of Padre fans were hoping he returned, but looks like that's not in the cards with Melanson uh, signing yeah. on for the Padres. What are you hearing, Rosenthal? Well, we know he's been talking to the Mets, but uh, it's it's harder to predict with the relievers. Um, we'll see. The Braves pull out some uh, some surprises, and it looks like they do need a righty uh, reliever. Um, and I know they've looked around. They looked at Hendricks. Uh, they looked at Yates. They looked at some of these guys. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard him necessarily connected to Rosenthal. But I could I could see Atlanta as a possibility for Rosenthal. Um, we'll see. The Cubs are doing some interesting things now late. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But uh, those are the two teams that uh, stand out for me right now for Rosenthal. But anybody, he can help anybody. A really good reliever uh, who had a really nice year last year. Uh, so, uh, but I'm going to say the Mets or the Braves would be the most likely right now. Now, John, uh, outfielder Ryan Braun seems to be, uh, kind of getting some interest. Uh, question is whether he wants to actually continue to play or not. Yeah, I think he's not going to play at the beginning of the year, but he's working out from what I understand. And, um, you know, he may join a team later. It could be the Brewers. He's obviously close with the owner, Mark Adnazio there. Uh, we'll see. The DH thing's still unsettled. They're saying there will not be a universal DH. We will not have a DH in the National League. But a lot of people still are wondering if they might just put it in late. 
Um, obviously, it would be too late to help Cruz and Osuna, who's already signed their deals, but you still got guys out there who would help. Right. Uh, certainly, Moreland, uh, Chu, uh, Encarnacion, and Braun uh, all would be helped by a universal DH. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's in a hurry to, to play at the beginning of the year, but um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he joined a team. And if he joined a team, it probably would be the Brewers, but we'll see uh, kind of midway through the season. The last free agent we're going to cover, John, is Yasiel Puig. What is the status with him? Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble with his agent, uh, Rachel Luba, here. But, uh, you know, it was reported. Careful, was three careful. I know. i got to be careful with this. I, she might tweet at me again. <laughs> but uh, um, it was reported uh, that the Yankees, the Royals, and the, and the Marlins were interested. Uh, one by one, I eliminated those teams, certainly at that time. Um, I have not found any interest on those part of those three teams. The Yankees never made sense. They don't need a right-handed bat, um, and I don't. The Marlins aren't going to do it. They tried last year. They made him an offer last winter. I heard it was incentive laden. She disputes that. Of course, she was not the agent at that time, so she may not know. I may know more than her about that. I don't know. Um, Yasiel Puig is uh, still. If you look at his productivity, it's not what it was at the start. But he, he looks like an average starting major league player. But his shall we say, quirky personality has hurt him. Um, you can be quirky if you're a superstar or even a star. At this point, you're an average player and you're looked at as a potential distraction. Um, you're going to have to probably make good somehow, prove yourself. Uh, he did have that deal with the Braves last year, and then unfortunately, just bad luck, failed the COVID test and uh, had a chance to go with the Orioles, didn't do it. Again, we knew he had a chance with the Marlins a year ago, didn't do it. Um, you know, I don't think he quite grasped the idea that he had kind of made good and just signed a deal that maybe he's not thrilled with and go in and play and just get along with everybody and not be a distraction and uh, prove that you can be a productive major leaguer without annoying anybody. Um, so it's going to be, it's a difficult thing. I, I sympathize to a degree with their agents, but, uh, you know, and I, they're not the ones who said those teams were interested in the first place, but uh, they seem not to like my shooting them down, or at least uh, Rachel Luba didn't. We will see. Um, at this point, we have not heard of a team connected to Puig. I wouldn't be shocked if he does get a team. He does have talent. Um, it is possible, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's got to take a, whatever deal they give him. He can't, he's, not, he's not in a negotiating position at this point. Yeah. Well, here's to the remaining free agents on the board that they they hopefully uh, find a home here uh, soon before we get rolling. Uh, pitchers and catchers start reporting soon. You'll probably be hearing more uh, often from myself and John. That, however, is going to do it for this episode of Big Time Baseball. Uh, hopefully, again, we'll be able to uh, join you next week. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Tony Gwynn Jr. He's at John Heyman. And now... This show is on Twitter as well. Follow us at RDC underscore BTB. That's Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Until next week, uh, that'll do it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 